0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode this week. We have a really fun episode lined up. This is probably the most fun that I've had recording and editing an episode, maybe all year. Um, So I have my best friend V from V Frugal Fox is here guest hosting this week, and she is going to be asking me a whole bunch of random questions some super serious questions about the 2020 election, all the way down to silly questions about favorite ice cream flavors and everything in between. (laughs) I feel like we shared a lot of important takeaways and some great life lessons. And so there's a lot to be learned really from this episode and a lot that I think will serve you on your journey as well. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. Before we jump into the episode, Don't forget that on December 1st, I'm going to be starting my vlogmas extravaganza on my YouTube channel, A Sunny Side Up Life. I will link to it in the show notes. Of course, you can just jump over to YouTube and search for it. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the episodes because I will be putting out a YouTube video every single day from the 1st of December until Christmas. And there are so many great topics in that lineup. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. All right, so we're going to turn the mic over to V, and we'll jump into some of these questions. All right, Samantha, <laughs> you have to go in with the Samantha. It's only serious when you're like Samantha. Samantha Womack.
1: What's your middle name? What's your question?
0: Faye. I'm named after my grandma. Faye. Yeah. Samantha. Faye. <laughs> Do you know what Faye means? Faye actually means witch because my grandma was born on Halloween. And then I was named Samantha after Bewitched because that was my mom's favorite show.
1: And you're up here telling me that you're not (laughs) a part of the occult. You are something else, Sammy. You know I'm magical. so we're going to just start right off the gate because you know me. I like like drama. I like pissing people off. It's like my favorite. Just jump right into it. Yeah, so who'd you vote for, man?
0: Okay. So somebody did ask this question on Instagram and I was completely prepared for this question. So yes, I did vote for Biden slash (gasps) Harris because Harris was the very, the very big part of that vote for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And mostly like a lot of people want to know why you voted the way you voted. Um, mostly for me, it was a lot of the human rights issues. It was a lot of, you know, black lives matter, the women getting into positions of power, all of that was very high up on the agenda for me. COVID was very high up on the agenda for me. Mm -hmm. But the main question that I have really gotten is, are you concerned about Daniel losing his job? Because a lot of people know that he works in transportation, mostly oil type related products. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of people are worried, like, are you going to lose his job? In fact, we're actually not really worried. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, for one his company has gone more towards synthetic, you know, like jet fuel instead of like when 14 years ago he started working with the company, they were hauling crude oil, just
1: straight up black oil. <laughs> Time to change. And there's a push, I think, nationally and globally for renewable yeah. energy. So it makes sense that what they're hauling has changed.
0: Yeah, the company is transitioning with the times. So right now they're actually hauling caustic soda, which is like a bunch of really corrosive shit that they put in like soap and um, stuff. That he has to wear a complete Tyvek suit for, ready for COVID and soap. Yeah. <laughs> so it, the the company is transitioning. And another reason why we're really not worried is because actually the industry has went downhill during Trump's administration, which a lot of people don't want to believe, but it has. We're in the middle of it. We know Um, the company sold a bunch of boats off, which was so scary, like so scary for us. And we also really feel like Biden is more pro-union and he has a union job. So another reason why to be, you know, to be pro-union, especially during COVID.
1: Yeah, all good reasons. And I mean, people who also follow me on Instagram um at v for the box you guys know that i am a diehard democratic socialist so the human rights i think to me really speaks volumes and obviously the coronavirus i think the, the coronavirus human rights and the climate change were what i voted for yep. um and it doesn't surprise me that you voted or Joe Biden, Kamala. I mean, anybody who follows you shouldn't be really surprised at that.
0: No. And especially because anyone who's still left following me after all of this, because there are mm-hmm. a lot of people, as you said, have released themselves from my followers. Since, mm-hmm. I mean, since George Floyd's murder, probably, gosh, how many? Maybe 400 or so, maybe more yeah, I followers know. that I've... I mean, it's hard to tell because there's, you know, constantly ebb and flow of followers, but large chunks whenever I post anything.
1: We go through our analytics and you can see just in the dips of followers anytime you post anything remotely political. Yeah. And that can be as simple as go vote. People do not like that.
0: Oh um, yeah, go vote was the biggest one.
1: <laughs> which you've yeah. saying to me. Uh, which kind of brings me to my next question is like, do you feel a personal responsibility to use your platform for political discourse?
0: I mean, I feel like my platform is my voice. My brand is my face. My brand is my name. You know, like I never went anonymous. I never hid my face. So I don't have a personal Instagram anymore. So my business page is my personal page. It's my whole life. And so I just think you can't tell someone don't have an opinion or don't share your opinion because whatever your occupation is, and this just, this is my occupation. This is my job (laughs) to be a podcaster, YouTube, a YouTube person, a coach, like this is, this is my job. Just like you wouldn't tell an electrician or a nurse or a teacher to not have a political opinion and to not share it. Um, and yeah, I feel even more of a responsibility because I have 10,000 people watching, listening, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting how people like to cherry pick the, um, different occupations, like, you know, the whole NFL thing. Yeah. Um, or anybody really in the spotlight or on, on any kind of national platform or an accessible platform, I'll say, it's like, don't be the wrong kind of politically active is really yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. Um. Or at least what I perceive as that. So I, I, I feel like you get a lot of that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you are, you're a white woman whose husband has a really great job, great income in East Texas. Like, why are you talking about Black Lives Matter? Like, yeah. that's the kind of vibe I get yeah. from the audience or the people that have an issue with what you say.
0: Yeah. They're like, well, you don't fit the stereotype of someone who should care about these issues. So be quiet about it. I think that is more of a reason why you have to use your voice. I feel like a responsibility to, I know I have my privilege that I have in so many ways. Like I I have a tremendous amount of privilege. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to use that privilege to help people that aren't. As privileged as me, it's that We're simple. all right? Yeah, it's that simple. It, it wasn't controversial
1: to me. It was like, duh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I think that's how a lot of people feel. um I feel very similarly. It
0: really shocked me to the people that unfollowed during the whole Blackout Tuesday, like that whole like couple of weeks Mm -hmm. there where it was really, really heated. I, you know, I lost, I don't know, two or 300 followers in that one week alone. And it really surprised me because I was like, y'all didn't know that this is how I felt when you followed me. And then I was kind of like, well, it needs to be more obvious then. Obviously, you don't know me very well if
1: you're shocked by, <laughs> by this news. But it still amazes me. I'll, I'll get an influx of followers and I'll, I'll post my socialist stuff. And it's like it's all over my page, guys. Are you not paying attention to who they I am? They must
0: not scroll very far when they hit follow in the first place. Or,
1: um, But that's a, that's a good uh, segue. What is your biggest pet peeve about the debt-free community?
0: Um, it really kind of just makes me sad how – heated people get and how it's like my way or the highway kind of attitude. It's like, well, you're either for Dave Ramsey or you're against him. I can't follow you if you're the opposite, you know, it's either I'm pro or anti credit card. I can't follow you if you're the opposite of me, you know, and it's just like, guys, we are all so different. And, you know, I've been doing one-on-one coaching since July and I've gotten inside of so many families budgets. Now, none of them are the same. None of them are the same, period. Yeah. Can we just cheer people out? Like, I feel like at the beginning of the debt-free community, it was more like, hey, we're in this together. And then people's platforms started to grow. People started to like get farther into their journey. Mm -hmm. Dare I say, develop opinions.
1: (laughs) How dare we? But yeah, no, I I had feel that. I I was actually thinking about this the other day of like how at the very beginning in 2016, It was just such a lovely and it's it is still in a lot of ways a lovely place to be. I mean, I've literally grown my business on there. My my personal brand is on on Instagram. All how I've met all of my best friends, current best friends. (laughs) Met you on there. You're one of my best friends, the oldest client that I have. Yeah. But at the beginning, it was just so simple and so innocent. It just grew and evolved in so many ways. And I wish people would continue to cheer people on even if they're not on your same path.
0: Yeah, which is what we try to do. I, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I feel like
1: we try, to, we try to be open-minded. So everybody being a polarized butthole is your pet peeve. What about uh, <laughs> the greatest thing about the deaf community? The
0: greatest thing is the connections. Honestly, like the women that I text on a daily basis, I've met every single one of them through the debt-free community. I mean, I have you, I have Megan, I have Allie, I have Deidre, Kaylee, like, I have all these women that literally I could pick up my phone and they would be there at the drop of a hat, real life friendships. You know, I don't mm-hmm. say, Oh, my friend on Instagram, I'm like, no, it's, they're my friend, my real friends yeah. who <laughs> walk me through some really hard things and understand what I'm going through. And to have friends that are literally all over the country, we're all in different time zones. <laughs> it's amazing to meet people that you would have otherwise never gotten to meet. It's just a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. I, I, I definitely felt that um, at FinCon. I described FinCon as having your Instagram a scrolling in the room. It was very <laughs> odd. <laughs> but um, I definitely felt that. Like, I, I've met so many incredible people, my best friends. So, yeah, the connections and, and the actual friendships are completely meaningful and, and very, very not arbitrary. Um, who are your debt free community or online idols or heroes?
0: Most of them are actually people that I've gotten to interview, which is insane. Like, thank God for podcasting and that there's no video because how nervous I have been to interview some of these amazing women. I will like fidget like the whole entire time. Um, Shung was one. Say yes, my sense. yes. Say my sense. Yes. That was huge for me. I idolize her so much because I mean, my God, she's like a multimillionaire in her 30s. Hello. Like- and, um, Sarah from budget girl was a huge one for me. Cause she's like the OG, like she is.
1: Universe.
0: Yeah. And I remember watching her YouTube videos when I very first started and crying and watching her, like it was huge, you know, um, there are several other amazing women that I haven't yet interviewed that I cannot wait to. And, and everybody know also like Ali Casaza is huge for me because she's how I started my entire intentional living journey she's my all-time hero you're gonna be in her book right yes like I got interviewed for her book which is amazing who gets interviewed by their hero to be in their book you, you do Samantha. <laughs> it's insane so insane yeah.
1: She interviewed you and she sent you flowers, and yeah. you're going to your book. Like, that is such a huge accomplishment and, and it's such a huge deal. I'm just, I'm so proud of yeah. you. Yeah.
0: I mean, I was one of her original followers. And, you know, she said when we had that phone call to kind of, you know, interview me for her book, she was like, I just want you to know that, like, I remember that you were there, that you were one of the first people. And so it was just like a full circle moment. And also, I wouldn't be where I am without her without her teachings without her being like declutter your crap get your life together do something other than just clean your house and change diapers but that's the whole entire reason why I have my business so I'm forever grateful it's
1: it's amazing when you see things come full circle like that and just things yeah come into clarity and make sense of why x y and z happened to you it's what a great moment Yes. What is the most challenging aspect of being a mom? You mentioned changing diapers. I can just imagine that's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Thank God I am done
0: with that phase. <laughs> now that Melanie is five, I, you know, I kind of miss that part. But the more they're growing into real people and just <laughs> the most challenging part is also the most rewarding part is getting to see them become women and have opinions and have ideas and but it's also challenging in the sense to know that i am 90 percent responsible for how they turn out as an adult (laughs) you know that's a huge responsibility but it's also you know it's a blessing and a curse so that's the most challenging is never really knowing you know we all look back at our childhoods and we have those defining moments Mm -hmm. and it's hard to know as a mom which moments are going to be their defining moments Oh, so God. that's a huge, it's a huge challenge, you, you know, to kind of pull yourself out of your own headspace sometimes and be like, oh gosh, this is a learning moment. Okay, pause, help her have this learning moment, help her have this, this moment that is going to define the rest of her life, potentially. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of pressure
1: for your future therapy
0: yeah oh god I mean you know my mom loves to be like she babysat for me while I was while I went to therapy almost every single time when Daniel was at work and I would come back from therapy and she'd go how did it go what was my fault this week you know it was like a joke and now she jokes with me all the time don't worry sweetie she'll she'll be in therapy in 20 years for that one well, you'll
1: be all right like, you your mom should have brunch together or something because she says that kind of stuff to me all the time and I'm like yeah mom you really want to know I don't think you do yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry I'm sorry Speaking thinking of like you know mistakes and you don't know like defining moments what what money mistakes or what even defining moments of, of your childhood do you want your girls to avoid
0: most of them are really confidence issues I I don't want them to grow up you know not feeling like they're good enough they're worthy they're beautiful they're smart all of the things which I mean they probably will because i mean we've all been teenagers before and that's kind of how it goes um but i just i want to instill in them much more self-confidence than i had growing up i want them to never to question that kind of stuff um and also money mistakes i really just it kind of goes back to self-confidence i want them to not worry so much about what people think of them which i think will in return affect their money because that was a lot of our money mistakes was like trying to, you know, keep up with the Joneses and look like we were successful and blah, blah, blah. And I want them to learn from the beginning that that kind of stuff doesn't really matter. Mm. I don't want them to, um, rely on their partner for their self-worth or their financial security, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, and hopefully not jump into a car loan at 16, like I did, (laughs) Um, hopefully not, you know, have student loans, mm-hmm. things like that. Hopefully that I can help them with, but still somehow balance that. I want to help them, but I don't want them to like grow up with a silver spoon in their mouth.
1: So another one of those challenging mom moments. Yeah. <laughs> another thing, like another challenge. I, I'm glad I'm sticking to dogs because that's a lot of pressure, but you know, there are women like you that were born to influence your girls and really mold them to be powerful, brave, courageous, smart women. And that's-
0: yeah, I take that role very seriously. Like I, th- it's never lost on me, even in my most tired days, but like funny tangent story when I was in labor with June, which was about a day and a half in the most God awful day of my entire life. Um, <laughs> and- I was ready for me to push. We were waiting for the doctor, like uh, literally moments before she was born and me all drugged up, exhausted, hadn't slept in two days. I rolled over to the nurse and I'm crying. I was like, I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. I cannot wait to have my own baby. And my mom picks on me now because she was like, you were like real tired, real drugged <laughs> up. but but I remember that moment of like I wait I did like I waited for that moment my whole entire
1: freaking life. <laughs> oh, I, wish I could have been there. That, yeah, and I'm sure Kay- Kaylee felt the same way when Lincoln was born. Yeah, I'm so glad that, that the responsible parents that are in my life, <laughs> you and Kaylee, are really influencing the next generation. We need that kind of influence. Um, whew, we got we got really Um. So what is the meaning of life, Sam? What do you think?
0: I didn't prepare my answer for this one because I just wanted to see what I could come up with on the spot. (laughs) Um, For me, when I start to kind of get in my head about like, why does this even matter? Why am I even alive? What is the point of all of this? Uh, Like people with anxiety probably will relate. But, you know, I think about how enormous the entire universe is and then (laughs) shrink it down to how small is the earth? How small are you in the earth? And it's like, I'm a little speck. I don't even matter. (laughs)
1: You know,
0: yeah. I, and I get in my head and, it, you know, I, and it drives me into an anxiety attack really quickly when I start to think like that. But also I think what we know for sure is right now, what we know for sure is that we matter to the people that are around us and we matter for now. You know, I don't know what's going to happen after. I mean, you know, the afterlife is a whole up for debate.
1: Yeah. There's like a whole podcast based off of that. So no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get into how we got here or where we're going afterwards. That's, you know, everyone has their own opinions on that. But I know for sure that we're here now. I know for sure that life is really, really short. You know, I learned that the hard way when my dad died in his 40s. And I learned that, you know, we're here. So obviously, you're here for a reason. So do something with the time that you're given. Do something with the opinions that you have, with the gifts that you have. And just live because we're not we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not, I mean, according to some people, not guaranteed an afterlife. <laughs> so yeah. like you do you with
1: the time that you have. Like I think that's the most important thing that we can yeah. do. And um, I think that's such an important message. I just I, I find that especially many of us are either fixed on reflection of yeah. the past. Yeah. Or like, trying to control our trajectory. Yeah. Being intentional in the present time is so difficult for so many people and especially people with mental health issues which we both have Um but yeah i, I think that doing the best with what you have and with the time that you have i couldn't have said that better myself so yeah. you, you cracked the code on life um and speaking of that how are you just always so damn sunny even in
0: am i though am i though
1: okay well you know your branding is my brand i know different <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm a real person and, you know, better than anyone that I have my ups and downs and, you know, I have my own. I would
1: still say, I would still say you are more positive than almost anybody I know, even despite your ups and downs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I think really, honestly, after, you know, back to, I'm going to play the dead dad card again. Um, it's my favorite (laughs) card to play. Um, you know, I, I really learned at a really young age. I mean, I was 20 and I had been married for like three months. I mean, it was a rough little patch there. In, in the whole two years while he was sick, was like, oh, you know, I had some really, really dark dark down times. And somehow I got out of it and I pulled myself through it and a lot of personal development. It was a lot of therapy. It was some medication. It was having a really, really amazing supportive husband. It was all the things and having, you know, a mom and sisters who like laughed through it. I mean, we, I mean, we, we had, we made the best of it. We really did, you know? And so I kind of learned that. And I, now I know that, Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that thing, you ever heard Taylor Swift say, you can't embarrass me? I had Kanye West take my microphone in front of millions of people, like, you can't hurt my feelings on YouTube, you know, kind of thing. Like, I've had way worse happen to me, bro. Like, come on. Okay,
1: even if we weren't friends and we we didn't talk every day, like, all day, even if I was I, like, just stumbled upon your page, that is what I respect so much about you, because I feel like influencers are just supposed to be perfect in their perfect little houses, with their perfect little beige bullshit stuff, and Fake. and and people really need to like I'm glad you're talking about your dad because people need to hear that life is shitty sometimes yeah <laughs> and to get through that sometimes you do need therapy sometimes you do need medication and and reaching out to the people around you that can lift you up and can just kind of envelop you and support and love you know so many people and I think the narrative especially in America is like go it alone you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps if if someone just kicks you while, while you're down, you know, you're gonna be fine. You can pick yourself up. The reality is, is there's a whole community that picks us up. (laughs) Yeah. And,
0: and really what helps me the most is like keeping it in a perspective of like, will this matter in five or 10 years? If not, okay. Like, you know, maybe throw a little fit about it. Maybe, you know, send a really ranting text message like we do (laughs) to each other, you know, and get it out. But don't carry it with you. Yeah. You know, and so in the perspective of 2020, specifically, um, you know, we've all probably mm-hmm. seen the memes and the quotes going around of don't discredit the year that opened your eyes. We've learned so much in this year. This has been the most scared I've I've ever felt uh, for the future. This has been I mean, It's been the craziest freaking year
1: ever possible. It just seems to get worse and worse. I mean, we're in November. I don't know what the next two months are gonna (laughs) bring.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and I and I remember how scared we were in March when we didn't know what the pandemic was gonna be, and then people started to get laid off and then personally in Daniel's job, they started, um, you know, selling boats and moving people around. And we're like, Holy shit. Like we might not have, I mean, we're one income family, man. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, what are we going to yeah. do? Um, even being o- almost debt-free except for our land, even having that savings account, it was s- still scary. scary, but it's also kind of like, we have to really take it in perspective and be like, okay, what did I learn from this? And then we just keep,
1: we just keep going. We just keep going. I learned to always have the supply of toilet paper yes yeah and I, I think that on the 2020 note I think that I have learned personally the stress that I can actually handle
0: oh yeah it's kind of like go back to like losing your dad at 20 it's now it's like we've come through 2020 you know or like after you've come through a debt-free journey you're like mm-hmm. you paid off a half a million dollars worth of debt come at me you can't scare me yeah. at this point
1: yeah. <laughs> Like I, I got divorced and that was like a big threshold in my life like, you can't hurt me whatever I've been through hell and back yeah and now I'm like I'm going I'm going yep. to <laughs> um, so if you could go back and tell your past self one thing, what would it be?
0: I would tell her mostly like, stop caring about what other people think. Just let, you know, just be your weird homeschooled introvert self <laughs> and just like, let it shine. I mean, yeah. just go, just go for it. And I feel like the more that I've stepped into who I really am and the more that I've stopped apologizing for who I am, I'm a massive nerd. Like I, I am, I would rather stay home than go anywhere. You know, you I do. listen to the most random music for a white girl. Like, it's not. <laughs> I mean, my main music is like Cardi, Drake, Maluma, like that's my music.
1: That's, you know, but I own it. Like, that's me. I am who I am, you know? Well, I love you. And yeah. I have a lot of confidence issues and even now, you know, I'm nearing 30 and I- I'm still intentionally working on it and I think yeah. I will for the rest of my life and I just love that I keep, you keep bringing it up because it is such a, an issue Yeah, with women, women in general and women in our age, especially. Yeah. Uh, and I, I see all of my female friends working on it.
0: Yeah. Daily. I, I remember yeah. maybe five, six years ago, the girls were babies that someone told me, it, you know, it's one of those small moments that you don't think will change your life, but it does. Someone told me, well, you don't need makeup. Like you don't really wear makeup. And I was like, that's because you've never seen me without makeup. You don't yeah. know. I, I always wear it. You've never seen me without it. And I really had this issue. So mm-hmm. I actually, in being myself, um, my weirdo challenging self, I made myself a challenge to do a week with not a drop of makeup. It was so freaking hard. I had to like take my girls to dance class, like go in front of, you know, the other moms and like do all these things and I felt like everyone was staring at me. They're like, why is she sick? What's wrong with her? Her face looks terrible. You know, whatever. Um to break myself cuz I realized like I'm hiding. You know, it's one thing to do it to make yourself feel good, but it's another thing to do it to hide, to not be your true self. And right. so now I'm to the point where I do video calls all the time
1: with no makeup on. Like I'm I'm me. To say like I I don't wear makeup anymore um unless it's like mascara and some blush like, it, like unless you want to though
0: yeah I not because that. you feel like you have no, to I
1: definitely it's so funny I've seen memes online like the you thirteen year your thirteen year old self versus your twenty eight year old self and it's like your thirteen year old self it's like it's any hairs out of place you're like freaking out you know and now twenty eight I'm like I haven't shaved in three weeks I don't wear makeup my hair is in a bun you know, dry shampoo or not, you'll never know.
0: (laughs) What's really terrible is when you meet your husband in junior high and he remembers when you went through that phase, he fell in love with me during that phase. He tells me all the time. He's like, yeah, I fell in love with your little scrawny self. You know, I was like 90 pounds in like eighth grade and had no curves, no booty, like no, nothing. I used to wear way too much hairspray, way too much eyeliner, way too much perfume, the whole thing. And he's like, Yeah, he's like, I fell in love with your little scrawny wearing too much makeup self. (laughs) You know. Oh Daniel. (laughs) If I could go back and tell myself, I'd be like, chill out, Sammy. Wash the hairspray out of your hair. Actually talk to Daniel. Don't be, don't just sit next to him on the bus and be scared of him.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of your husband. Um, what what differences do you guys have? Oh my gosh. What differences do we not have? (laughs)
0: Um, basically the only thing we have in common now about money or ever really is that now after six years of our debt-free journey, we have a direction of where we're going. That's the same, but he's totally the spender. I hyperventilate over like replacing my phone you know how big of a deal it was when I got my new phone I get a new phone every like three or four years mm-hmm. and I and when I do I get a refurbished one <laughs> and he's just like oh hey I'm ordering new boots it'll be 150 dollars <laughs> and I'm like oh, you know hyperventilating and that's that's it like he's just spend it when he comes home we both have the Walmart grocery app on our phones so we can both add to the grocery list which
1: is so like, awesome I love that <laughs> this so happy. i'll
0: be like hey um i need you to add whatever you want to the grocery list i'm going to check out in a couple hours and i come back to the app and there was no joke two hundred dollars more groceries on there two hundred dollars more i was done and he added like two hundred dollars more that's the difference between us.
1: right well, at least you guys balance each other out like yeah that's funny that sounds very much like uh, myself and joe um yeah i would say he is definitely the spender whereas i'm it's so hard for me to spend money on like just myself. Like if yeah, clothing for me, anything just for me, I'm like, I can't do this. This is yeah. stupid. <laughs> I, I remember getting um my happy planner. I felt so much guilt. Yeah. So that's. that's-
0: but we, we both have like came to kind of the middle where he actually waits to buy things. Now Like he actually thinks it through. He adds it to his Amazon cart and then kind of waits a couple days, like if it's something really expensive and then kind of thinks about it. And I'm also where I've gotten more where, Yeah, I think about it, but now I don't feel guilty when I do. So we kind of both have like come together, but our natural instincts still come out where he's the spender, I'm the saver. The only difference now is that we've come together to know that like we have a bigger goal, which is, you know, the only reason why we were able to get out of debt in the first place was we came together and we had this like vision Mm -hmm. and dream and, and now it's our future house. And now it's like, okay, remember why we're doing this? We're going to have this house and this land. Yeah. And it's happening, Ah. you know, so it's a little bit easier to kind of come meet in the middle now that we have this really, really exciting goal to work towards. So
1: what, um, what was money like growing up for both of you? Both
0: of us grew up pretty poor. It was very like everything was pretty scarce. His was a little bit worse than mine, mostly because his his dad left when he was pretty young. Mm-hmm. You know, they were already struggling when his parents were together. So then, you know, then his mom had to do it on her own. And that was really hard. I remember this story that he told me where at one certain point in his life, he had four shirts and a zip up jacket and one pair of jeans and he would you know to have the five outfits for school his fifth day he would wear the hoodie zipped up to be like a shirt to be his fifth shirt for the week that story stays with me and he was so determined that his kids would not have that life you know he couldn't do taekwondo or boy Scout or sports or anything like that because his parents couldn't afford to pay for the lesson or take off work to take him you know, so that wasn't, that was his life. Ours was a little bit, a little bit better, not much only because my mom wasn't afraid to get into credit card debt to make sure that we had a decent, you know, childhood. But my dad, like he worked so hard for my mom to be able to stay home because that was a huge priority for them. And she homeschooled us pretty much all of our lives off and on. That was huge for them. So he worked all day, every day. What did your dad do? He was mostly in construction. Mm-hmm. And when he died, he had actually, for a few years, had been building custom homes. Um, So he did get to like live his dream his last few years, which was huge. Yeah. But yeah, he mostly, you know, odd jobs, doing remodels and mm-hmm. driving old cars and Goodwill clothes, garage sale clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and anything that was new was bought on credit cards. And if they filed bankruptcy when I was... Four wow, and Daniel's parents were constantly having vehicles repossessed, and so that was like our childhood, basically, in a nutshell. Yeah,
1: I mean, you mentioned homeschooling. What are your favorite and least favorite part parts of being homeschooled, or homeschooling your, your girls because you're a homeschooler?
0: For me, I was like, I was in public school until third grade. I, w- I went back in fifth grade for like half the year. Went back in sixth grade, seventh, eighth, half a ninth. I was out for the whole last three and a half year. It was a lot of back and forth. There was moving. There was all kinds of, you know, stuff. Um, my favorite part really, honestly, was like getting to be myself, right. not get bullied, criticized for what I wore, get to hang out with my sisters all day, like living the dream, getting to learn what I wanted to learn. That was amazing. You know, um, things like that we were like, those were my favorite yeah. things was like the freedom, I guess. And the. lack of busy in the schedule probably like least favorite things were that it was a little boring it was a little isolating especially you know in the last few years of high school but then I got I mean I had Daniel I drugged Daniel along with me through the whole in and out of public school so I had him off and on um and then like I and then I got a job when I was 16 and Mm -hmm. you know I met plenty of people I met plenty of rival boyfriends for Daniel and you know (laughs) kept things spicy what was your first job <sighs> my first real job or my first working for my parents because I literally worked for my parents since I was three years old because they always had businesses we had a donut shop when I was little and I worked the drive-through when I was three years <laughs> old <laughs> and then when we moved to Texas we opened a marina which if like people see my stories and they know like when we go to the lake that's where we had our marina that's where Daniel and I met that's where we got married you know, all the magical stuff. Um, so we had a Marina, we had a restaurant and I waited tables when I was like 12 to 15 and thanks, You're
1: like a real Ron Swanson. You're like, I worked at a leather shop when I was two. I worked at a leather shop when I was three. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, and then, and then my dad was constantly in construction. So we were, fo- we'd follow him around. We did all that kind of stuff. Um, but then my first, like not working for my parents' job, I worked at a small town gas station with the grill, like where, you know, I made cheeseburgers and, and all that stuff. And, um,
1: yeah, with work. How do you prioritize spending time on a sunny side up life? Because I mean, you have a blog, podcast, Instagram, coaching. How do you? How do you keep it all together, girl? I think we all want to know.
0: Well, number one, like you help me <laughs> with so much okay. of it. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, is like a lot of people want to be like, "Oh, I'm just Superwoman." No, I'm not Superwoman. Like, I have you and Kaylee. You guys are like amazing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like, my kids are pretty independent. Like right now they're just in the other room playing. Like I've I've purposely raised them to be independent. And I realized that like, if it's a priority to me, if this work that I'm doing matters, it has to have a place on my to-do list. So I make the time to do it. And when I get tired, I let my passion fuel me <laughs> and that's the super cheesiest way I could have said it but you know what I mean like I I, fo- I refocus and I remember that like I'm I get to change lives I get to help people and you know it matters and so I make time for it and it's also a huge part of my sanity I cannot not work like I have to have something creative to do or I will go insane yeah. So a lot of it is, it's my hobby and I just love it.
1: And we all benefit from that because you have fire content. Yes. My yes. two videos
0: a week, one podcast a week, like so much content.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so much free content too. I mean, I just, I think people don't understand that about influencers, how much free content <laughs> we, we put on.
0: I mean, the hours that go into just the six or so Instagram posts a week is,
1: multiple hours yeah. so much work yeah I I wish normal people not in the space realized just how much time it takes. um all right so we have three really fun questions um dogs or cats that's a hard question
0: specifically my dog like generally a stranger pet I'm more apt to like go and pet the cat but like my dog he's he's the best
1: He's the best. dog. He is the best. He's so cute. He's, he's so old. He's the
0: easiest child that I have. <laughs> I'm forever grateful for that.
1: <laughs> um, your favorite flavor of ice cream. Yeah, I want to guess, I think that you're a mint chocolate chip girl.
0: Oh no, no, really. Um, no, anything with like pecans, people are going to be like pecans, pecans, whatever. Daniel and I have that argument all day long. Um, yeah, but anything like that. So like pecan praline, or like
1: no, I really want ice Or like
0: from Sonic, like a Snickers blast. It's
1: it's snowing outside here, but now I'm like mm, pecan praline crunch sounds. Pecan, delicious. pecan, you know, whichever. Pecan. <laughs> um, all right, and one last question, which I can actually answer, but you're gonna answer it because this is your interview. Um, how far in advance do you schedule your content?
0: It depends on what week it is and what kind of mood we're in. <laughs> The real answer, no, so like typically a week if we're good. If we're a week, there have been podcasts that are literally will go or be published before two hours before they go live, or like YouTube, you know, sometimes a month or two in advance. Mm-hmm. So it just really depends on, yeah, you know, what we're doing, but like Instagram wise, at least a week, yeah, you know, and and really to think like I know that kind of takes like the smoke and mirrors, like out of. The whole magic, because before I got into this world, Mm -hmm. I wanted to think that influencers were literally right then sitting down, just type, type, type on their phone. And literally, you know, in that moment, as soon as they hit publish, they were writing it. But in reality, there's so much to do that you, you kind of, you have to plan it ahead. You absolutely
1: have to plan it ahead. There's,
0: and, and really because like, I'm not always in the mental space to share you know, to be creative. Uh, But I mean, like you do
1: have to to, um, take advantage of those moments when you're like, oh,
0: I'm on fire. Like, yeah. Or I mean, like we've kind of gotten to a groove where we know, like I get that like full moon vibes and I will legit record seven videos because I know that like, I'm not gonna be able to sleep anyway. So (laughs) let's go. And then sometimes like the whole month is done in one day, not the editing. That's a whole nother story. But
1: (laughs) Um, how many hours do you think in one month do you spend editing YouTube videos?
0: Probably like two to three days a week. Like the whole, like my whole working day, pretty much. Then podcast. Yeah. And then, and then like interviews in the podcast that takes a whole day to edit. So I spend probably like 70% of my time editing. Yep.
1: When I first started working with you, I described you as my, my content queen client. <laughs> you crank out the most content I have ever seen. For many. You don't give me a choice. That's right. I want you to succeed. Let's go.
0: So whenever everyone sees <laughs> Vlogmas coming, you know, a, f- a couple days, week or so after this episode comes out, they're going to know that it was a crazy V hairbrained idea that she's like, you should put out 23 video or not counting the two that are going to be after Christmas. You should put out 25 videos in December.
1: Listen, <laughs> I just know what the people want. All right. <laughs> y'all better watch it too don't make a liar out of me
0: i know Gosh. <laughs> yeah
1: all right well it's been awesome talking to you um i'm gonna pretend like i don't talk to you every day all day but it's been wonderful um I-
0: yeah i can't wait till we talk next time in like 10 minutes when we text
1: right um but no it was really good like learning more about you i mean some of these some of these questions i, I really didn't know the answer to you, so
0: it, it's talking about my favorite topic myself
1: I mean, you're a queen and wonderful. So, Aww.
0: you know, I do, I do what I do. Yeah,
1: I know. All right, well, uh, enjoy this podcast episode, and I love you.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.